When you hear the word ecclesia, what comes to mind for you? Because that's what this episode is all about. Welcome to uh, the Ambushed Podcast. I think I'm going to start calling it radio. I just like the word radio, even though it's on the internet. Ambushed Radio. There we go. Was it just rebranded? Uh, my name is John, and I am trying to contribute something to the world about what I think is most important. And uh, before I dry, uh, jump right into this question of ecclesia and what is it, I want to say thank you, because uh, last Wednesday I started a Patreon account, which is like a crowdsourcing website for people that are creative types. And if you've never heard of it, I think it's actually rather amazing because it helps people to do the work that they think that they're here to do. And people from all around the world can jump on board and get behind them and encourage them to keep doing it. So I started one last Wednesday and there's a few people that have already followed me and there's a few people that have already started helping. And I want to say thank you to those of you who already have and those of you who have just checked it out. Thank you. Um, but I think I'm going to keep doing this no matter what, even if I don't, uh, get a whole lot of people following me on that website. I think I'm getting closer and closer to doing what I'm here to do. And I think I'm here to, man, build the conversation or help the conversation move along, especially about this word ecclesia. So let me say how grateful I am to be able to do this. I do this for fun. This is a side gig. And the fact that any of you take the time to listen is just marvelous. And I consider that a privilege. So thank you. And if you don't mind, let's just jump right in. So when you hear the word ecclesia, what comes to mind for you? Now, if you have been anywhere around church culture, you maybe have heard this word. And uh, at least in the New Testament, in those scriptures, it is the word that is most often translated as church. But what we're going to do today is I'm going to tell a few stories and then I'm actually going to rifle off a number of thoughts. So it might feel a little freeform the second part of this, but I think you're going to enjoy every bit of it because I've been rewriting and rewriting the outline and the flow of this for about three weeks now. So hopefully this will be a good listen. So I want to start with a story. Uh, a few years ago, maybe say... Oh gosh, this is in 2015. In the summer, I was asked to go and be a speaker at a camp, which was delightful. And it was so much fun. And it was in the middle of the Pine Barrens at this cool place called Delanco that I really enjoy. And it has since become a place where it's almost like a, a pilgrimage to return back to each summer. And this summer, I'm quite excited to go back and spend time with some of my good friends like Julio and Jen and Seb and Alex and I don't know if Katie can make it or Christina or man all of these great people 
uh, I could just list off a whole bunch of names, but it was great because the whole week we were there and we had close to 100 campers, all high school age, and I was brought in to be one of the speakers. And when it came to be Saturday, all the campers went home. And then there's this really cool cluster of trees where a bunch of us went and hung up our hammocks. Now, that might not sound too appealing to you, but I'm going to see if I could put the picture up. We had something close to like 17 hammocks all strung up between this cluster of about six trees, maybe seven. And so <laughs> we were like double stacked, one hammock on top of another, on top of another, and they're going diagonal in between. And so you could kind of reach out and push someone else and uh, gently rock them in their hammock. So we, we nicknamed it Hammock City. And for good or bad, we came up with a list of about 10 commandments like, thou shalt chill when you are in Hammock City. And owner of hammock has dibs on said hammock when they come back. So it was always a good time. But on that Saturday, uh, we just laid in the hammocks for, and I'm not exaggerating, about 13 hours where we woke up. It was probably 8 a.m. And we probably went till about 9-ish that night. Uh, just taking naps, <laughs> drinking lemonade, and then occasionally people would go out and go to Wawa and bring back sandwiches for us. And we took turns doing that. But in the midst of the naps and in, in the midst of breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the hammocks, uh, we started having conversations. And it was vulnerable, and it was beautiful, and it was honest, and it was real. And we're talking about life struggles and the things in the past year that have depressed us or made us angry or the letdowns and what faith means and how do we add it all together and how do we do this thing called life. And then we had this brilliant question at the end. I want to say Jen asked this, but she said, why does this feel more like church than church? And that is the question for the day. So when you hear the word, the word ecclesia, what comes to mind for you? Rites and rituals and ceremonies and dressing up or laying in hammocks, wrestling with and sitting in the biggest questions of life in a community. Now, I may have just worded it in such a way that it's very obvious which one seems better, but that's what the ecclesia is supposed to be. So two weeks ago, I was at the Eagles parade because I live near Philly, and man, when the Eagles win their first Super Bowl in 52 years, that's something to celebrate. And so a bunch of us went into the city and like, man, we actually met up around 5.30 in the morning to go in and get a good spot, which we did. But while we were there, a really good guy, Dave, who's doing good work in the world over in Jersey, uh, we kind of had a conversation about how it's almost like the fad right now is to despair or to be cynical about the church. 
And maybe that's you. And if that is, that's okay. Just be honest with where you are. Your cynicism may be completely legitimate. But to give into it like it's a fad and to just keep beating it down maybe is not the best energy being spent. That's not the best way to spend your time. So sit with your frustrations for a bit, but somehow you got to turn that energy into a positive way of reclaiming it all. So it reminds me of a story that uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a World War II pastor that has greatly influenced me. I've read almost the entirety of his writings. I've taken classes at Princeton about him. And man, what an incredible figure. When he was a little kid, maybe 12 or 13, he said that he wanted to be a theologian, which means he wanted to talk about God and be a part of the church. And his older brothers and sisters said, bah, the church is broken. And in frustration, at 13 years old or so, a young teen, Dietrich says, if the church is broken, then I will fix it. (laughs) Which is uh, the frustration and the anger and maybe the, the honest view that it's got some cracks was turned into a positive energy to reform it again. And right now, we are in the year 2018, which is now just about 500 years after the last Reformation in the 1500s, which actually started in 1517. We are due for another Reformation where things get dusted off and people reclaim what some of these beautiful ideas are. So today is all about reclaiming ecclesia. Now I'm going to use that word almost interchangeably with the church. So don't don't necessarily discredit it just because I don't say church, but also I recognize that you may be listening and you have a bad taste in your mouth with the word church, and that's fine. And like I said, uh, it may be legitimate. I've been burned by the church pretty badly as well. So I've been where you are, and I've seen the letdown, and I've been let down. But be like Bonhoeffer and turn that into something more positive because the world needs it. So as I go through and I share this word ecclesia, whether or not you are somebody that considers yourself a person of faith or not, I'm going to try and talk about it in such a way that you will see that there's some beauty to this idea of the ecclesia, of there's some real profound depth to this, what this community can be. So let's jump right in. That's the setup, because now I'm just going to go into a list of things that I think the ecclesia can be at its best. You ready? And, uh, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Um, so in the Hebrew, the, the scriptures actually have this old word called edah, which edah was the Hebrew ver- word for assembly. Now, that might not seem like much, but it's an old, old concept is what it means. There has always been assemblies of people gathering together about the oldest 
and the most profound questions in life. And so there's really a long, long tradition that's like thousands of years old that's trying to figure out how does the Adah come together and spur one on, one another on. So when we come to the New Testament, there's this word ekklesia, which is like the Greek version of the Hebrew word Adah. Ekklesia originally had no religious connotations to it. It was simply a word that just meant assembly. So when people would come together into the assembly, they were making the ecclesia. There was no theological references. It was just a gathering of people. So here's a question for you. Do you have a gathering of people that you come together and you talk about the biggest questions in life? Or do you have a gathering of people that you come together just to entertain yourselves, which is fine too. But ecclesia is different. When you gather together to talk about life and death and faith and doubt and poverty and despair and joy and hope and future and ethics and politics, all of these things, these are the topics of which the ecclesia is supposed to be talking about. Now, earlier last week, I sat down and I had a a conversation with a number of people where I said, there's a difference between the Ecclesia and a 501c3 nonprofit organization. I think we have a difficult time in Western culture because we think church is pretty much a nonprofit. And sometimes churches have forgotten how to be the ecclesia. Churches have forgotten how to bring up some of these most important questions because they're really more interested in maintaining the nonprofit, which is unfortunate. So if you've been burned, I would like to maybe ask you to think about if you've been let down by a nonprofit, not necessarily let down by the church. So hold those two things in distinction because there are certainly communities that have been built around being a non-profit together versus being an ecclesia that chooses to give witness to the biggest questions in life. That being said, let me go through some of the things I got. Ready? Um, You are a part of an ecclesia If you have a holy haunting, that's a good phrase, right? I like the alliteration there. If you have a holy haunting, if there are questions that you need to chase perhaps for a lifetime, then if you're doing that with a group of other people, you may already have the ecclesia happening among you. Now, this goes on to say, When I say that we gather around the biggest questions of life and faith and doubt and death and joy and hope and despair and community, all of these things, I think the ecclesia is at its best, okay? At its best when people gather, not necessarily to find solutions that explain all of these things away, but when people come together and find solidarity 
in the questions. I think it's beautiful when people gather not not for answers, but to find better questions. Because I, I think what we really want are better questions, not really answers. And I, I think we also want people to be in those questions with us. And that's where community is. And so when you gather with other people who also are trying to point towards hope, that everything is heading somewhere to something that all of cosmic history is headed towards an omega and that that omega is good, then you found a really good ecclesia. Now, let's keep going. On top of that, I think it's a beautiful thing when a gathering of people can be like a, a micro-society. Uh that challenges the status quo of everything outside of it. So if you've ever been a part of an assembly or a group of people or a gathering where there really is authentic, unconditional love, where people don't care if you dress up or not, that's a beautiful little micro society because everything outside of that group is, in, is concerned with impressing, with impressing one another. Everyone outside of that group is maybe concerned with defending what's theirs. Yet in this group, people support one another and give to one another in need. Now that, did that not just make you feel like, ah, I want to be a part of that? I think it's also a beautiful thing when a gathering can be like like these groups can be hubs of revolutionary activity against the isms of the world. So like, what does it mean to say that a really good ecclesia comes together and challenges the status quo of everything outside that's really dominated by uh, racism and sexism and ageism and ableism, all of these things? What does it mean to be a part of a really good ecclesia that doesn't give in to any of those distinctions to say, no, we are all one. Ooh, that's good, right? I also think a really good ecclesia is one that they do some really profound problem solving together and they have imagination and they innovate about how to fix the larger world around them. I've heard it said that a really good church, remember I'm using these words interchangeably, a really good church is an organization or a group of people that care deeply about those outside of it. It's the only organization that cares about its non-members just as much as its members. And that's beautiful because there's no form of tribalism there. There's no us and them. It's all of us even those who aren't a part of us. We are all in this together. And so that's, that's a beautiful thing when there's no dividing wall between one people and another group of people. Now, I don't know about you, but I, uh, I'm really interested by being a part of a group of people that are inspired by awe and wonder. 
and the and just admitting the blessing that is this life. I think it's a a marvelous thing to be around people that help you to say yes to all of your life, even gosh, this is hard to say, the the hard parts. I have really delightful and lovely friends, Chris and Bridgie, who I have cherished their friendship, even though they live on another coast and I don't get a chance to see them often. It's always like a seven-hour conversation when we get together, even after a couple of months of being apart. But they used to have uh, a Friendsgiving the next day after Thanksgiving. And for a couple of years, we did this with maybe no more than a dozen. And we would come up with one question and we would go around. And one year, the question was, what is a hardship that you're thankful you went through that has made you better or is a hardship that you don't know how to be thankful for yet? And maybe we can help one another. Oh, and then that led into like a five-hour conversation as we're all full of tryptophan and turkey of talking about the hardships of which we were grateful for and the hardships that we don't know how to be grateful for yet. And it was such a beautiful conversation, and I couldn't help but think, man, we are churching it up right now. A really good ecclesia gives witness to all of the pain and the grief and the terror that happens in the world. And it finds others who are willing to help carry the burden of that grief together. Last week, we had another shooting at a school in Florida with an AR-15. A really good ecclesia may not be able to give the answers of how to fix it so it never happens again, but at least comes together and, and gives witness to that grief to that anger, to the rage that there is still some work that needs to be done in the world, that there are still lives being lost. A really good ecclesia does not avoid admitting that there are terribly hard things in the world when we lose a family member or there's a breakdown of a relationship when there's a divorce. A really good ecclesia will admit that that is there and try to sit with us in it and help us to get through it together. That is the assembly at its best. Now, back in the day, and I miss it, I used to have a Wrangler with a a top that could come down. It was a canvas top, a black top, and it was a red Jeep and I nicknamed it the Chariot, which was a great name for a Jeep Wrangler. And uh, there was one time my brother and I are driving around in South Jersey, and we're on this one road, 542, which goes through the uh, the Wharton State Forest and the Batstow Forest, I think, also. And I don't, for the life of me, remember who said it, him or I, but one of us said, The church is a benevolent mafia. Isn't that good? It's a group of people that have blood ties to one another. 
but seek to benefit and be benevolent to one another, to look out for one another, to help each other, to give good things to the world together. That is a beautiful image right there. And the last two points are really good too. You ready? I think the ecclesia at its best is an assembly of people with whom to share meals with great wet bread and great wine, expensive wine even, and with whom you can wash off your old life and seek to live in a new and better mode. Some of the rites and, and ceremonies and some of the things that the, the church has done in the past are actually quite beautiful. That breaking bread together is a covenant. It's a means of sharing what I have to live on with you so that you can also live together with me. And not only that, but that's supposed to be a reminder that there is something bigger than us that has chosen to be in favor of us and for us and not against us. And so every time we come together and break bread and drink expensive wine, we're also giving witness, not just to our own community, but to this higher power that has chosen out of freedom and love to say yes to us. But then also, like I said, to come together and learn how to wash off our old lives that weren't working and live into a new way of being. Maybe you know the fancy <laughs> church terms for what I just mentioned. Maybe you don't, but doesn't that sound good? Because everybody gets to a point where they realize up till now, the way I've been living just doesn't work anymore and I need a fresh start. So why not wash off some of those mistakes and move on together with a community? Hmm. And finally, I think um, this, this won't necessarily be scandalous, but I think this is positive to say. I think the ecclesia at its best is an assembly with whom you let the life and teachings of the actual Christ not the status quo of a nonprofit, inspire you in like a thousand different ways. I think some people get burned out on church because churches are sometimes more concerned with the status quo and the maintenance of the nonprofit. And so its morals and its conversations are all geared towards maintaining the property and maintaining the income, maintaining all of those things. But those things aren't necessarily inspiring. But you know what is? The life and the teachings of this first century rabbi that taught all of us to live in love and sacrifice, to be in community with one another, to be vulnerable and to give our lives for one another. I think if you found an assembly that helps you to be inspired towards that end, then you found a really good ecclesia. 
Now that's all I have written down for now. I'm actually done with all my content that I had planned. But you, if you see, like the title for this one is Reclaiming Ecclesia. I think right now we're at a, a pivotal time in, gosh, maybe human history, especially in the West, where people are leaving, quote unquote, the church in droves, where the next generation does not seem to care about being religious in the same way that the last generation did. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. Because that's a whole generation that maybe uh, was told to be a part of a nonprofit, not shown how to be a part of an ecclesia. Let me say that again. That's a whole generation that are burned out on being told to be a part of a nonprofit rather than being shown how to be part of an ecclesia. And what's fascinating to me is that all of these people, millennials and Generation Z, people are lamenting that they don't go to church on Sunday mornings. But you know what? They're going to different places. Yes, maybe some of them go to a bar. Some might go to a cigar lounge. Some might go out rock climbing. I've heard of people going out and having incredible conversations of life and faith and doubt and death and joy and hope while surfing, waiting for the next set of waves to come in. And you can't tell me that's not also churching it up. That's not also an ecclesia happening in a deep and profound way. It's cliche to say it, maybe, but it's still true that where at least two people come together to give witness to being inspired in their life and in their spirituality by the actual Christ, that is the ecclesia at its bare minimum, but still at its, maybe at its absolute best, because the assembly of God is always best when people know each other by first name basis and when it gets too big and you don't know everybody by a first name basis uh, I'm not saying it's missing the mark but it's still not yet the depth of community that it's intended to be so I don't know where this finds you maybe like I said at the beginning you are a person that's been burned by the nonprofit that has a, a very reasonable amount of cynicism towards this failed assembly but don't give up hope okay we need hope in order to survive into tomorrow and we need clusters of communities that do these things that i just talked about what does it mean to be like bonhoeffer and let some of your anger or maybe your frustration to be spun around and into a positive direction that says we need to do this life together which that's a title of another Bonhoeffer book life together which is a an amazing read if you have uh the grit to get through it it's really thin but it's delightful and I think there's a lot of deep wisdom in there so wherever this finds you I hope it finds you well and I hope it finds you 
challenged and maybe inspired to be a part of a really good ecclesia. And if you don't have one, then maybe start one. Just go right ahead. Who cares? And if you meet in a cigar lounge, that's fine. I think it's better to be the church in the world rather than the church that only meets on Sunday mornings in a specific time and place. Be the ecclesia wherever you find yourself. I think that's it. I'm tired, but this feels really good. This was a great one. So thank you for listening. And uh, if you enjoyed this, you know what? Go ahead, check out patreon.com backslash John Chafee. I'm trying to give some good things to the world. And if you want to be a part of it, that's great. If you don't, hey, that's okay too. I'll just keep putting stuff out. So let's, uh, let's try to make the world better together. Okay? So may grace and peace be with you this week.